Welcome to the Grey Wolf Podcast. What's up and welcome back to episode five of the Fantasy Football Fanatics Podcast. Fitzy here, joined by the Patriots man, Matthew Grace. How are you going today, man? Yeah, I'm good. Patriots coming off a win, so I'm, uh, I'm all, all happy. Uh, I had a devastating loss in fantasy to yourself, unfortunately, but yeah, it's just the joys of, of fantasy. Yeah, it's, should we talk about that, or are you you still seeing a therapist? No, no, we're on to week five now. So. <laughs> oh, fair enough. No, no, we won't week go on about it then. I know Ricardo Blankenship got me across the line, but I don't even know if he's still got a job after that performance against the Ravens. And we'll talk about that in a minute, Gracie. But let's let's kick it off with the headlines of the week here. And the biggest one, of course, the Arizona Cardinals remain undefeated, five and zip, and looking the goods at the moment. Yeah, they do look really good, and um, obviously led by their star quarterback, Kyler Murray. But um, it was kind of an ugly game, Fitzy, as we'll discuss yeah. a few of their stars. Didn't really do too much, so... Um, you know, they were probably lucky to get away with one, I reckon, if, if the 49ers were possibly fully fit and, and maybe had Jimmy G under um, at quarterback, it might have been a different story. Yeah, fascinating. And another team that's possibly in a little bit of trouble here, Gracie, is the Kansas City Chiefs. They're sitting two and three. But the good news of the week, and we had to point this out, was Josh Gordon made a return to the NFL field after all the drama he's been through. But Potentially alarm bells for the Kansas City Chiefs. And, of course, Edwards Hilaire is on the IR. So it just adds to the troubles they're having over in Kansas City. Yeah, I think they're in a, in a bit of trouble. Their, their defense is their, their biggest worry at the moment. They had two of their uh, two of their probably better defensive players out for that game on the, the weekend. But the Bills just made them look silly. Um, you know, you got Dawson Knox knocking up big yards again. And, you know, Stefan Diggs is the, the odd man out here. He's... Absolute superstar of the competition, and he's uh, he didn't even dominate against them. So it's um, yep. it would be a bit worrying if uh, if the Chiefs dropped a two and four. I'd be very very concerned if I was a Chiefs fan. I reckon. Yeah, and we'll talk about Josh Allen and the Bills shortly. But even Emmanuel Sanders is having a career year at what age thirty four, and and then that. So it's 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 actually kind of cool seeing the Bills up and about. We know they've had a few down years or quite a few down years. It's good to see them up and about. But another guy had a big outing. Gracie was Lamar Jackson. He had a career day, four hundred passing yards and eighty five percent completion at eighty five percent completion. He's the first player in NFL history to do that. And you've left a note here that we've seen the best and the worst of him in one game. So we'll break that down shortly. But how about the Ravens knocking off the Colts? That was an absolute classic. Oh, it was an amazing finish to that game. As you said, uh, the is Blankenship, is, is that how you say it? Yeah. I think it is, yeah. isn't it? Um, obviously missed or had that field goal blocked, I think it was, wasn't it? Um, at the end. So, And then obviously for them to to go up the field and, and Lamar to find um, Hollywood Brown for the, the winning touchdown. So it just shows how, like, it's kind of like the Chiefs of maybe two years ago when they won the Super Bowl of, you know, they could be behind in games for the first half but just come out and dominate um, in the third quarter. Um, and it's just sort of what the Ravens did on the weekend. They were down, I think, 22-6 to six at one stage and mm. end up winning 31-25. So, yeah, it's very... Uh, very much like the Chiefs of two years ago. Yeah, it's very exciting for us Raven fans and Bateman still has to come in as the rookie right wide receiver as well. So definitely plenty on the horizon for Baltimore. But how about the Chargers and Browns, Gracie? This was just about the game of the round. It was the Ravens one came pretty close, but of course the Chargers getting across the line 47 to 42. Like that's a huge score line. And we know Justin Herbert had a huge day. We'll talk about him shortly. But yeah, definitely the game of the season, would you say? That was a huge scoring affair. Yeah, so far it was just yeah, offense galore. And I think at one stage, 
didn't um, I'm not sure if it was which team it was, but didn't they push the opposing running back over the line so they could get the ball back, or they let him score a touchdown yeah, like so yeah. they could get the ball back? So um, yeah, it's very uh, very entertaining uh, sort of stuff when you've come to that that sort of I guess uh, tactics in the game. But yeah, very high scoring offense, and as you saw, um, we'll discuss. You know, Herbert was unreal, and Eckler was obviously uh, unreal, and so was Mike Williams. So. Um, and then on the other end, the Browns, you know, the, the running back duo dominated again um, mm. as well. So it's um, good times uh, if you've got offensive players of those those two teams. Unless their name's Odell Beckham, he was horrible. We'll talk about him a little bit later on. But, of course, one of the biggest stories coming out of the weekend was John Gruden. Of course, he's been sacked slash let go slash resigned as coach, head coach of the Oakland Raiders. And very interesting, Gracie. We don't want to go into the incident too much, but um, I actually feel like this could be a blessing in disguise for Oakland. Of course, remember Gruden had all those issues with Antonio Brown a few years ago when he came across and I feel like there was a few an exodus of a few players, Amari Cooper and these guys that all moved on. Uh, so maybe a good thing or a blessing in disguise for the Raiders, even though there's some negative publicity around the incident. Yeah, I think so. I think they'll they'll re- they'll recover okay. I think, yeah, just a changing in the guard might um, maybe... Uh, unleash some uh, some of the talent they got there, and and hopefully you know they keep on their winning ways. But I did see today the uh, NFL Players Association want all the emails released to the public, um, so it's it's going to get quite ugly, I think, if that happens. So um, some of the the stuff that's coming out of it. But as you said, we'll yeah. we'll move on because we're here to talk about fantasy. Yes, let's get into that. Let's go with the quarterback studs and duds of the week. And we've got to kick it off with my boy, Justin Herbert Grace. He had a career day, 42 standard points with 398 yards, four touchdowns and a rushing touchdown. You put a note in here. This guy is the real deal. And can he lead the charges to the big one? They're four and one at the moment. It's interesting because obviously they had Hunter Henry. He left last season. Melvin Gordon sort of the season before. So the, the offense has had a bit of a restructure. Mike, uh, Mike Williams is having a breakout season. Austin Eckler showing what he can do when he's fit. I actually think they could be the real deal. And they should be considered in that kind of uh, Super Bowl bracket now. Oh, yeah. I think as long as Herbert stays fit, you know, he's... He's uh, unleashing Mike Williams' superstar talent um, that we know he's got. You know, they've got Keenan Allen, who's just going about his business. He's not not setting the world on fire. So they've got some good targets there. And as you said, Austin Eckler's another target for him as well, and as well as the running game. So, yeah, it's yep. exciting. Very, very exciting for uh, if you're a Chargers fan. Obviously, they're in their new stadium now. And, um, you know, can they top it off with a with a deep run into the playoffs. So we know it's an early you know, early in the season, still a lot of the season to go. And, you know, one injury can change the course of a, of a team's yep. season. But Herbert's uh, the man um, at the moment. And I wouldn't be surprised if he's, uh, you know, the top of the MVP standings at the moment. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised either. What a game by him. And another guy had a huge game was Tom Brady, Gracie. He's just turning back the clock. Another game over 400 yards, five touchdowns. Is he ever going to decline? I just can't see that happening anytime soon. Brady was on fire once again. Oh, he's unreal. And as I said there, the Bucks had a 20-point last quarter. So they, the, the Dolphins got, got back within um, a touchdown, I think, at one stage. And then, yeah, Brady just was the Brady show. And the Bucks' <laughs> defense took over as well. Um, and it was just unreal to see. Obviously, there's some wide receivers benefited from it, which we'll talk about. A little bit later, but yeah, Brady's just unreal. And you're going to get these games from Brady where, you know, in the, the last quarter, it just sort of blows out. Um, it's it's a very hard one. Like, 
you sort of got to play the matchup with Brady, I think, from week to week because he could quite easily come out this week and, you know, score 15 points and, and only have the one touchdown. So it's very hard because he doesn't have that running game. It's it's definitely you've got to you've got to watch the matchup with Brady. But you would have been very happy if you started him uh, this past week. Yeah, and of course, Gronkowski's out too at the moment. So one of his big threats is still to return. So that's a scary proposition. But uh, let's keep moving through. And a guy we briefly touched on before, Josh Allen. He's having a brilliant season. That big win against the Chiefs. That's a statement game right there, I feel, Gracie, especially against Kansas City. Over 300 yards passing. He had three touchdowns, and he also rushed in for one, as he does. And as I said off the top of the show there, like I just love seeing the Bills get up and about and play some good football. They're obviously a Super Bowl favorite at the moment. They're 4-1. and one. A bit like uh, Herbert and the Chargers, the Bills could be anything with Josh Allen. We saw him break out last season, and this season he's just gone to another level. Oh, unreal. And it's funny, Fitzy, there's one guy in our league that has Josh Allen and Tom Brady. And uh, (laughs) I was working with him today, and he's actually wondering who he picks as his starting quarterback. And I almost slapped him in the face. I said, why would you even consider that with Josh Allen, the form he's in at the moment? I know he started off uh, very slow, but... uh, you know, the, the weapons he's got on offense at the moment with Knox and, as you said, Sanders. You know, Diggs hasn't done too much at the moment either. Um, you know, they got the two running backs as well that, that play the passing game too. So, yeah, it's uh, I think you'd be very, very game if you benched Josh Allen at any stage throughout the year. So, And as we see, he's got the running capability as well. So, um, yeah, you'd be very, very game if you were to, to bench him. Yeah, not to mention that the Bills D is the number one in the league as well. A bit yeah. like the Bucks last season, the defense is getting it done, the offense is getting it done. And like I said, as a just an NFL football fan, it's good to see the Bills doing so well and hopefully they can go deep into the playoffs. But the last quarterback we'll talk about here, Gracie, Lamar Jackson, we've already spoken about him. He topped 40 points as well, 400 yards passing, four touchdowns, a couple of nice ones to Hollywood Brown and uh, and Mark Andrews there. They were just highlights for me. He single-handedly won the Ravens that game. It was probably a bit of uh, luck, I suppose, with Blankenship having that that field goal blocked. But, um, yeah, I, I just the sky's the limit for Lamar. And as a Ravens fan, I'm really excited to see how far they can go this year, especially once Bateman comes back in. Andrews has now had that breakout game. Marquise Brown has gone to another level this season. Exciting times ahead for the Ravens, man. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, as I said, with Lamar at the uh, – at QB, I think, you know, it's very, very hard to beat from week to week. And, you know, we saw they had a comeback win. And, um, look, the only concern for, for the Ravens is probably their defense at the moment. We know that they were once known as, you know, the best defense in the league. And, and they've sort of dropped off a, a little bit. But um, if they can sort of sort out their struggles there a little bit, they'll um, they'll definitely be, you know, vying for that Super Bowl uh, run again. Obviously, they, yeah. they've, they've fallen short, just short the last couple of seasons but um you know anything's possible this year again yeah bring it on and let's move through to some of the duds of the round and a couple of stiff ones here gracie we had to throw kyla murray in there after the start of the season he's had of course the cardinals got the win over the 49ers but the game script kind of limited his output only the one touchdown but i think you probably take that if his basement's 13 points i think you're still pretty happy with that considering the cardinals are playing as good as they are yeah i think in the notes there i've put you know there's no big concern you just got to put him in, you know, we expect, you know, a 25-point-plus game most weeks from Kyler Murray. But, um, you know, as I said earlier, the game the game itself was just an ugly game and just wasn't exciting to watch either as a as a fan. So um, it might have been different, as I said, if, if the 49ers were a bit more, um, had their starters back and, and Jimmy G at QB. But, yeah, yep. very, uh, I'm sure Kyler Murray will bounce back with a big game this week. 
Yeah, absolutely. And before we move on to the one quarterback that's injured that we need to look at a few options on the wave wire for, let's talk Pat Mahomes and, of course, the Chiefs offense that sort of struggled again there, that loss to the Bills. He had to fumble a couple of interceptions, just not really playing the way that we see Pat Mahomes. He had that big game last week, I think, but otherwise... Like, are we starting to, to maybe press the alarm button a little bit there? He's not going to put up sort of terrible numbers, but definitely not what you would have invested in him as an early draft pick. No, and I don't think you would have expected this many interceptions from him either this season. He's um, he's thrown a few already, and obviously the fumble on the weekend, and um, he used his legs a little bit more on the weekend as well. Um, but, yeah, it's very, very concerning for the Chiefs, and it's... The only person that's probably not impacting in that Chiefs offense is Travis Kelsey because he seems to find Kelsey towards the end of games when they need to get that first down or get you know, get 20 yards. Mm. But Tyreek Hill's been a boom or bust, you know, week in, week out, as we've seen. And um, I think that that's only going to be limited to how Mahomes goes. But the defenses are just somehow getting through that offensive line. And it's, yeah, I'd be concerned if I was a Mahomes owner. You know, do you look at, uh, at trying to, you know, get a Herbert or a Josh Allen by, you know, trading Mahomes and maybe throwing in a second player um, mm. that could, could help um, that team uh, out. So it's uh, it's definitely something to consider. But, yeah, if they go – I mean, Chiefs themselves, they go two and four, it's – it's yeah, yeah. you'd be very worried. But Mahomes, I don't know what he's going to do. He's, he's got to do something to, to get out of this, this rut. But I think it's, you know, that offensive line's got to protect him just that little bit more. Yeah, I agree with everything you said there. It's a bit of a surprise and just something we didn't expect from Mahomes. But even as a Herbert owner, if you throw me Mahomes for Herbert, I'd, I'd seriously consider that just knowing that Mahomes has got that, that another level he can get to, which is a little bit crazy to think. But yeah, hopefully the Chiefs can turn their season around. But let's move into the running backs, Gracie. And there's a few massive games this week. Talking about the studs of the week and Derek Henry had another massive game. We talk about him every week, but he absolutely deserves it. Three touchdowns and he was the consensus number one pick in fantasy in hindsight obviously injuries have played a big part this year and we've seen more injury prone players the Barclays and these guys uh, Christian McCaffrey as well fall to the uh, inevitable injury Derek Henry man he's going to win a lot of leagues this year oh yeah if you've got Derek Henry you're, you're absolutely laughing um, I, know, I think in our league someone's got Henry and um, Jonathan Taylor so you know mm. you've got 60 points from your two running backs for the week uh, I don't think I think there was a couple of teams that only barely scored 80 in our league this week. So, um, you know, to have that from two guys is unreal. But Henry, like, you know, he just runs through defenses. There's no defense out there that can stop him um, at all. And if you put too much work into Derrick Henry by trying to stop him, well, that's when their other um, offensive threats come into play with um, AJ Brown and Julio Jones as well. So um, you got to be careful when when defending Derrick Henry, but. I don't yeah. know. If, I wouldn't want to be jumping in front of that man. So um, the only obviously letdown is he's not involved in the passing game very much at all. Um, imagine if he was, he'd be probably averaging forty to fifty points a week, I reckon. So, but uh, no, you'd be very happy if you started with Derrick Henry. Yeah, it's a little bit scary, but if you're getting 30 attempts or 30 rushes per game, you don't really need to be involved in the passing game when you're that talented. Another guy you've already mentioned, Austin Eckler. I'm a massive fan of this guy. He had another solid game, two rushing touchdowns and a receiving touchdown. He's a huge threat as the Chargers are really pushing for a big season this year. If you picked him up, he's Rabi too, because he was sort of going early second round. If you were in the later picks of your, your, say, 10-team draft and you picked him up as your RB too, I would say that you're going to safely be in the top couple of positions in your league. And I would say he's probably one of the most owned players in terms of those sort of top teams in fantasy right now. He's just been unbelievable. Yeah, as you said, you know, if you've got, if you had those sort of eight, nine, ten 
picks in a snake draft, you would have um, you would have gone a sort of a topper, top pick, more higher pick. Maybe if Zeke might have fallen through, possibly, um, mm. and and then you get Austin Eckler. It's yeah, it's unreal. So um, you, you're gonna, as you said, you're gonna be in the top two to three teams probably in your league, and you know week to week, Eckler's involved in in the on the ground, obviously, and in the passing game. So. You know, they've got a high-octane offense, and if, if they have games like this again, you know, he's going to score his 20 to 30 points quite easily. So, um, only thing that's going to stop him is injury from here. Yeah, that's right. And and he has traditionally been a little bit injury-prone, so if he can keep that up, like, this guy's a top five uh, running back in the league, and I think he's showing that now because he can do it on the ground, he can do it through the air. But another guy that's sort of a similar player there, Gracie, Elvin Kamara. I know we're both big fans of him. He had a great game. He sort of backed it up with some early season struggles with 16 rushing attempts for 71 yards and a touchdown, plus he caught a receiving touchdown with 51 yards as well. That's the usage that we're kind of used to with Elvin Kamara and possibly sign of things to come. Obviously, he has to work out that connection with Jameis Winston after playing with Drew Brees for so many years, but obviously injuries to Taysom Hill and uh, Tony Jones as well are going to help open up more usage for Elvin Kamara. I think we're probably feeling a bit more safe with that pick now that he's had a few solid games. Yeah, it was obviously concerning early on. He um, struggled with especially the passing game. Obviously, you know, Winston's a a hit or miss um, most weeks. So it'll be interesting to see when uh, Michael Thomas comes back as well. Um, Obviously, Galloway's been, um, is it, yeah, no, not Galloway. Who's the receiver? Sorry, I had a mental blank. Galloway. Um, Galloway, Galloway, that's the one. Um, yeah, he's uh, he's been on fire as well. So Michael Thomas back might uh, just open up that defense, uh, you know, open up some more options for him as well. So, but we know how good Kamara is, and and I'm pretty happy with him as my RB one. Yeah. Although he's got the buy this week, so I've got to find yeah. a replacement for this week, that, unfortunately. Not so bad to get that out of the way early, but two guys yeah. that I'll. Gracie together that both started slowly but have started to work their way into the season is Zeke Elliott and Jonathan Taylor especially Taylor after we put the moles on him there a couple of weeks ago they both had great games found the end zone a couple of times in the receiving and the rushing game there I'm loving both of these players at the moment Gracie we did talk about Taylor as a possible buy low option a few uh, weeks ago and if you had have gone ahead and done that you'd be very pleased especially had that massive 76 yard touchdown as well given his lower end usage he's doing really well and Zeke's a little bit the same you know he's getting his 20 carries but uh, of course they want to get Pollard involved as well. So two guys that you'd be very happy with, with sort of late first round picks. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, Zeke, that offense that the Cowboys have got, like with Dak fit now, it's, uh, you know, only good good signs to come for, for any of those receivers or even um, Zeke. And obviously Pollard's been involved heavily in their offense as well. So, um, yeah, I think Zeke will just get better. As the weeks go on, and you know he's he's a definite must start. No, I don't think I think him and um, and Henry are probably the two guys that I, if I had them, I would not be trading them unless you know you you got two starting RB like out of it. Like if you got say Eckler and Kamara for Zeke, like well then you'd probably take it. But yeah, those two guys are guys that I just would not trade at the moment. And Jonathan Taylor just said he had that monster 70-odd yard touchdown. And um, just before that, he almost had a fumble and turned it over. So it was quite interesting how it sort of turned the tide for him uh, in that game. But, yeah, he had uh, obviously 15 attempts. And um, just it would be interesting to see how how much involved he is in that passing game moving forward. Um, You know, we're not going to see 70-odd yard touchdown passes for him quite often but um it definitely helps if you've got him just bump up that fantasy score 
Yeah, definitely. And Naheem Hines takes a lot of catches as well. And Marla Mack had a few carries too. And there's been rumors that he might get traded. So watch this space. But Taylor's just having that breakout season to be a solid contributor in years to come. But let's talk about some duds of the week. And we've got to kick it off with Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. Of course, he's out now with that MCL sprain. He's heading to the IR, Gracie. It's unfortunate because he had a couple of really good weeks there. He forged out a couple of good games on the ground, found the end zone once or twice as well. But it's going to be a really tricky one to replace. We'll talk about a few options later on, but um, I feel like Edwards Hilaire is a perfect sort of combo back that sort of works in that Kansas offense. So, you know, they don't like to rush the ball 20, 30 times a game. So it's going to be hard to find a good replacement, I feel, but just really sucks if you're a, an Edwards Hilaire owner. Oh, yeah. And, um, you know, Edward, like the running back situation at the Chiefs is, you know, if they're down early, well, then they're going to go to the passing game. It's going to be Kelsey and Hill and obviously Josh Gordon now, but. Um, you know, if they're in front, that's when the, the running backs seem to get a lot more work. We saw that the other week when Edwards Allaire had a quiet game. He was on our dud list. And then the following week, he was on our stud list because he had a monster game. So it's definitely the game game script at the Chiefs. He's predicted to miss three to four weeks. So um, keep an eye on that. It's not going to be a, a big um, time out. So, yep. Yep. Um, you know, you've only got to find a replacement for that short period of time. But um, obviously, we'll talk about his um, replacement options a little bit later. But yeah, um, I don't know. It'd be interesting to see how he comes back from an MCL sprain. There might be a bit of a confidence uh, sapping there as well. So we'll just, yeah. just wait and see, I think. Yeah, true that. And you're probably hoping when he does come back, he gets more involved in the passing game because they're not going to hammer the ball on the ground. They're not, they're not going to give him 20 attempts after a knee injury like that. You wouldn't think, given that he's still pretty young. But another guy here, I'm really keen to get your thoughts on, Grace. He's Miles Sanders. I'm pretty sure we had him on this list last week as well. He did carry the ball 11 times for the Eagles. I think um, Hertz had it eight times on the ground. So he was leading the way as a running back, but he's just not getting it done at the moment. He's got a few catches in there. Maybe Dallas got it. He's caught COVID, so he's going to the list. Another passing option out might open up some more catches. But at this stage, he's just not startable, and you'd be really frustrated as an owner. Yeah, well, I've, I've got him in our league, and I didn't start him this week. I started Kareem Hunt over him, so um, and I think it'll be the same this week. I'll keep him off, um, de- depending on who I can pick up to cover my buy with um, Kamara. But uh, it's, it's very, very frustrating and hard um, seeing Sanders. You know, he was such, so dominant last year and had so yeah. you know some big games, but. I think the Jalen Hurts effect um, is, is hurting him. Um, you know, he's rushing it a bit himself and taking away those goal line touchdowns as well. So Hurts had two rushing touchdowns uh, this week himself. So probably last year that would have gone to, to a Miles Sanders. Um, and, and, you know, that would we probably wouldn't be talking about him because he would have scored 16, 15, 16 fantasy points. So, um, yeah, it's interesting times ahead. I think... I think the usage is still be there. It's just whether where he gets the usage. Because I think once he gets to the goal line, I think Hertz is just going to run it in himself if he can't pass yeah. it in. So, a um, yeah. little bit worrying signs. Um, but yeah. as we know, we know it's a it's a long season. You can struggle early and come back, which I'm I'm hoping happens. Yeah, that's a great call on the usage side of things. And I'm just trying to think. It's been a little while since we've seen a really consistent sort of bell cow back uh, cowbell back for uh, for the Eagles probably since LaShawn McCoy was in town it's been quite a while but uh, watch this space anyway and you know you just throw him on the bench but another guy that uh, usage is sort of playing into is Melvin Gordon Grace he only had the nine attempts for 34 yards his production since week one has really dropped off of course Javante Williams has taken some carries off him but Denver seems to be abandoning the running games very early I've noticed and uh, and that he's just an effect of that then they want to get Williams the ball as well I don't know where to place Melvin Gordon because he would have been really excited after that big week one performs 100 yards rushing and he just hasn't got anywhere near it since. Yeah, I tend to agree with you there, Fitzy. I think um, 
and there's still uh, Jerry Judy's got to come back into this team as well. So that's going to hurt the, uh, I guess the the offensive load for, yeah. for Gordon. So I'm just, I don't know. It's very hard to pick. I think you just got to, it's a flip of the coin with these um, Denver um, offensive threats in Gordon and obviously Williams as well. But uh, yeah, I just, I just don't know. I don't think you can trust them at the moment, in my opinion. So definitely, uh, if you can bench Melvin Gordon, I'd, I'd bench him or, you know, float him for a trade and see if you can't, you know, upgrade him slightly to someone who's probably going to get a few more carries and, um, and, and hopefully score more points for you. Yeah, it's frustrating, like, just for Melvin Gordon in general. Like, he had Philip Lindsay there last year after the um, Denver paid him a bunch of money to come to town. Yeah, he's got a battle with a rookie. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if his manager's trying to find him a new deal or a new team somewhere. But uh, we'll keep working through here, Grace. And we have spoken about the Cardinals and their offense at the moment. But Chase Edmonds seems to be the guy that's kind of being missed out a little bit there. He only had the six attempts, 15 yards, and he had a fumble as well. Now, James Conner has seemed to sort of eat into his production a little bit the last few weeks. But uh, he's just been so inconsistent. And especially considering where he was drafted. But I reckon we did speak about him maybe in episode one or two that it tra- traditionally, he's not really a three down back. He's more of a third down back to come and take a, a catch to get them a, a new set of downs. But yeah, I don't know where to place Chase Edmonds at the moment. I'd almost be starting James Connor over him at this stage. Yeah, I think Connor's more the, as you said, the cowbell or bell cow back, however you want to say it, um, there at um at the cardinals but um yeah i just I, I don't think you can start edmonds with any confidence at the moment he had a fumble on the weekend as well so that that really does hurt you know if you start fumbling the ball teams are, are not gonna give you any any sort of rushing attempts or time on time on so mm. yeah I, I wouldn't be starting him with any sort of confidence unless you really had to to replace a bye week player um but yeah i'd be i'd be i think connor's got the uh the number one spot there at the moment yeah, frustrating considering if you drafted him so like in the fourth or the fifth or maybe the sixth round. But I wouldn't even be look, I wouldn't even be picking him up if he was on the waiver wire, put it that way. But now another guy we've got to bring up here, Gracie, before we move on is Saquon Barkley. He broke my heart. I did own him in one league and he's finally succumbed to some sort of injury. He was carted off with an ankle and hopefully only going to miss a couple of weeks. But these things can be anywhere from one to five. Who really knows? Just disappointing. Good that it's not like a high ankle sprain or something that's going to keep him out for the season, but just mega frustration and of course um, Daniel Jones went out of that game as well so it's all happening for the Giants now. Oh yeah and if, if uh, Jones misses as well I think you know we'll talk about him a little bit later but Devontae Booker is going to be a very sought after um, mm. acquisition off the waiver wire because he's going to be absolutely smashed with carries um, until Saquon and, and Jones do return so it is frustrating because Barkley just put in two monster games sort of you know the Barkley of old from his rookie year and um, and then obviously gets injured, which is unfortunate for him because you just want to see him out there playing, um, you know, on the field and 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 not getting injured because he's had such a bad run in the past sort of 18 months now. So um, hopefully, yeah, it's only a few weeks and we see him back pretty quick. Fingers crossed. But let's move through to the wide receivers and the studs of the week. And gosh, there was a few of them, Gracie. Leading the way was Mike Williams. I've already spoken about him. He was absolutely unbelievable. And he's now played himself into basically must-start territory. He's only had the single catch in week four. But I'd say he's now got that connection with Justin Herbert. And he's slotted into that WR2 spot because you would have drafted him so late. Uh, You could be in a really good position if you own Mike Williams, particularly if you've got a couple of stud wide receivers to sort of team him up with. Oh, absolutely. And I think I sent you a photo before we started of 
one of the guys in our league had uh, Williams and uh, Hollywood Brown on the bench this past week, and um, and having either one of those on probably would have won him the the matchup. So, yeah, um, but yeah, Mike Williams, definite number one. If you uh, drafted him real late, you'd be you'd be laughing. I think I don't think you trade him. I think I might have said it a couple of weeks ago. You try and trade him high, but you know what other wide receivers at the moment are dominating as much as him? Like apart from Cooper Cup, who has been quiet the last couple of weeks himself, but you know there's not too many others that are you know lighting it up from week to week with big performances. It's sort of you know a hit and a miss sort of thing. Um, so I don't think you'd be trading Mike Williams um, at the yeah. moment. So I'll go back on my previous. Uh, uh, statement, but um, yeah, I think you, you hold on to him for the moment I, unless he starts declining. I completely agree. He's got that big playability. He's got that red zone target. Like he's just he's a complete wide receiver, and good to see him playing so well. And another guy here, Grace, that you wouldn't be trading is Devontae Adams. After a few interesting weeks early in the season, he put together a monster performance: eleven catches, two hundred and six yards, and a touchdown. That two hundred and six yards is his best. Uh, receiving yards total for any game of his career, which is amazing. You got the Bears this week too, mind you. So he could even break that this week. But uh, yeah, a couple of great games for uh, Aaron Rodgers' favorite target there. Yeah, and we know Rodgers got a, a monster uh, receiving corpse there at, uh, at Green Bay, and you know Adams is clear number one, and um, and I don't see that you know diminishing anytime soon. You know, unless um, unless injury happens or, or anything like that. So, yeah, if you've got Devontae Adams, the only way you're trading him in is if you get, you know, a Cooper Cup and a Mike Williams, you know, trade, then you, you might take it. But uh, I think you, you hold on to the to the big man for now. Uh, definitely, definitely worth that sort of first round pick that you would have spent on him. But let's talk about the two guys for Tampa Bay, Gracie. Antonio Brown and Mike Evans both caught a pair of touchdowns in Tom Brady's big day out. Now, Antonio Brown is the youngest player to reach 900 catches, if you can believe that, in the NFL, given that he sat out a season and a half with all the drama that was going on. I feel like, and I've put in here, that I feel like Antonio Brown's the guy that you start with confidence because he can do it in the short game. He can do it. He can catch long passes as well. Mike Evans has had, I think, one down game, but he's still a little boom or bust. I might be a little bit uh, biased because I own Antonio Brown. But uh, Chris Goldwyn's the other one there. He's sort of a bit in and out. But, of course, we've got to fit Rob Gronkowski back into the mix. Like This could be a, a real big uh, challenge for fantasy owners when this team's fully fit. Yeah, I think I might have said it, I don't know if it was last week or the week before, but I think... You're, uh, you're definitely starting Gronkowski with confidence out of any of the guys, as we saw, you know. I think Brown and Evans may have caught uh, a touchdown each in that last quarter when they had that 20-plus points. So, um, you know, we saw a couple of weeks ago when they played the Patriots, um, those guys weren't a factor at all in the in the passing game. So it's uh, it's definitely a hit or miss, and I think it's matchup dependent for for these guys. But I'll probably lean towards the same as you as I'd probably rather start Brown over over Evans at the moment. But definitely wait and see when Gronk comes back um, and see what the matchup is, and and go from there. Yeah, no, that's very wise words. And another guy, young guy here, Gracie, I know you're big on him. Jamar Chase had another huge game, 10 targets, six catches, 159 yards, and a touchdown. He's worked his way, as Mike Williams has, into must-start performance with that sort of career performance, I guess, including a 70-yard touchdown, which was massive. Now, T. Higgins has come back into the lineup, and I almost feel like that takes some attention away from Jamar Chase. We know that uh, Tyler Boyd's there as well. Got a very solid young receiving core at the Bengals. I think that Jamar Chase is now a must-start. Like, if he's not in your WR2 spot, he's definitely got to be in your flex. And, I mean, still early days. We know Joe Burrow loves to throw the ball, and Joe Mixon's had his challenges with injury. So I'm going to put Jamar Chase in must-start territory now. Yeah, I agree. And 
It's probably one thing I regret from our draft fits is not getting Jamar Chase myself. And uh, I've tried trading for him a couple of times and uh, with no luck. But uh, yeah, I think um, unless you, you put a good offer for it, I don't think you're going to you're going to pry Jamar Chase away from uh, from his owner. So, yeah, definitely must start, and, and he's uh, he's in some top, top form. Yeah, and another guy you can mirror those comments for is Hollywood Brown as well. I'm just going to talk up the Ravens guys, FYI, but he's – I've put in here that he could be the WR, the wide receiver steal of the draft. And the other reason I say that is because of last year, he would have been on your waiver wire in your league at some point. That's how inconsistent he was. But he's getting those big plays done week in, week out. His production and his usage has really lifted this season. He's got a really good connection with uh, Lamar Jackson there. He's just looking like the complete receiver now and another big game, a couple of touchdowns, nine catches on 10 targets, which is incredibly efficient. We know he's uh, he's a great catcher of the ball. I don't know where you place him in terms of like your sort of top 30 or top 20. I mean, I'm a biased Ravens fan at the moment, but I'm all in on Hollywood Brown, especially if you drafted him after the 10th round, which is probably where he was going. Oh, yeah, you'd be, you're not getting rid of him now. And I think, you know, Brown's probably a similar to candidate to what I said about Williams a couple of weeks ago is, you know, you could trade him very, very high and try and get that, you know, real jet gun receiver um, as your, you know, as your flex or if you haven't got a decent uh, wide receiver too. So um, I'd definitely be looking to shop him around a little bit because there will be people that will, will take him um, in a, you know, if you can put up a good trade. So, um, definitely, I think he's in that flex option, similar to Jamal Chase, um, in my opinion. But um, yeah, I think the, the the ceiling of Brown's probably higher than Chase, but I guess the floor of of uh, Chase is probably a bit higher than Brown's. So it's yeah. um, they're like for like in a way, but uh, but yeah, definitely the ceiling of Brown. He could come out and you know score four touchdowns in a week. You just with that Ravens offense, you don't know where it's going um, or, or who it's going to. So. Now, if, you, if you've got him, I'd, you know, have a little nibble at shopping him around. Interesting. I think he's only had one game below 10 standard points, funnily enough, which, again, compared to last year, is just light years of improvement. But, yeah, I don't mind the thought of just shopping him around because he does have that big highlight playability, and he's very good to watch if you're just watching the football. Like, he's a very attractive player to see on the field. But let's move into the studs of the week, Gracie. And a guy that's been on the list, I think, every week is Alan Robinson. I've just put in here, is it time that we just drop him? Like, I just think the production's not there. The quarterback situation's not there for a receiver like him, unless he maybe gets traded, which could be a possibility. But he's getting outplayed by the second and third guys in line at this stage. He only had the four catches for 32 yards on the weekend. I own him in a couple of leagues, and I almost think he's droppable, honestly, depending on who's on your waiver wire. But now we're getting into the bye weeks where you might need to pick up a second quarterback or a second tight end. I don't know what to do with Alan Robinson. Yeah, I'm, I'm... An owner myself of him, and it's been frustrating. I don't. I think I started in week one, and that was it. So, um, yeah, it's, I'm holding him for now. I'm hoping that the form turns around because just the talent that he's got's just unreal. And I think just with the quarterback situation, the, the game on the weekend, like the the um, Bears were always in front. So, um, you know, they sort of stuck to the run game and um, sort of you know didn't take too many risks um, themselves. So. Yeah, I'd just be. I'm going to hold him for the moment. He's he's very very frustrating, which is disappointing because we know how good of a wide receiver he is and how high we would have drafted him as well. So um, I'm holding him for now and fingers crossed. 
Fingers, yeah, definitely fingers crossed. But another guy that was on, funny how some of these guys were on the stud list one week and the dud list the next one is DJ Moore for the Panthers. Uh, Darnell went back almost to his Jets ways with three interceptions. Now, I think McCaffrey, once he's back in the lineup, will help DJ Moore out there. But uh, just interesting to see that these guys can be talked up by us one week and then completely crap the bed the next. Yeah, we tend to jinx them a little bit, I think. So, um, you know, looking at D- obviously DJ Moore's season as a whole, he's been pretty good, but... Yeah, I guess the expectations we've had over the first four weeks and then obviously produces uh, that stat line's um, a little disappointing. So, uh, as you said, I think I agree with McCaffrey back. I think it'll be a lot easier and unless um, we'll go into DJ Moore and, and they'll definitely be concentrating on McCaffrey. So, Yeah. Yep, couldn't agree more. And if he has another quiet week this week, he's one that I would definitely throw a little buy-low option on if the guys have forgotten about his first few weeks of that team struggling. But now another guy, I probably should have paired him up with Alan Robertson, Gracie, and that sort of droppable category is Odell Beckham. Let's put it in perspective. The Browns scored 42 points, or thereabouts, and Odell only had two catches. Now, Jarvis Landry's <laughs> out. He's on the IR at the moment. This is just a complete disaster. We know he's coming back from an ACL injury, but... He's another, I mean, look, there might be a, a trade you could throw just because it's Odell Beckham, but otherwise at this stage, he's sitting on the last spot of your bench and only just holding on. Yeah, I, I think even if you fell on the waiver wire, I don't think I'd pick him up, to be honest, at the moment. I just don't see how he gets more involved in that offense. Um, obviously, we saw Njoku go big on the weekend, and we'll talk about him, but, you know, they're running backs um, with uh, Hunt and Chubb there. Like, they're, they're playing the passing game as well, so... The majority of the offense is centered around those two guys. And, yeah, I just don't know how Beckham gets back into it. And, obviously, if Land- once Landry comes back, if he comes back, um, you know, how that- that's going to affect him even more. So, I just – I think you-, you I think you could drop him, to be honest. Um, or, as you said, you know, throw a trade because it is Odell and see if someone bites um, with a bit of an upgrade for yourself. Yeah, very disappointing, considering how much I paid for him in an auction draft, but we won't go there. But uh, another guy I want to talk about, funnily enough, was on the stud list last week, was Scary Terry McLaurin. Now, here's a guy, Gracie, who's almost the epitome of that sort of uh, floor that we want to buy with our wide receivers now. He only had the four catches for uh, 46 yards, but he was targeted 11 times, which, I mean, rookie quarterback, these games are going to happen. But if you're talking floors, this is what you want to see from a stud wide receiver, and no doubt he'll bounce back this week. Oh, I agree. I think you no doubt at all that he'll be back to, you know, his big numbers again. And um, as you said, rookie quarterback, there's always going to be um, you know, the odd week here or there where the, they'll struggle and, and the wide receivers will follow. So, um, yeah, I'm not not too concerned. But from the start he's had, I, I had to sneak him onto the dud list this uh, week. No, I, I don't blame you there. But one guy that, like I said, when you're drafting those mid-range receivers, maybe sort of more towards the top end, you've got to look for usage. And, and Scary Terry just is, like I said, he's the epitome of usage there. But one guy who's definitely dropped off the last few weeks, Grace, is Adam Thielen. He sort of had a few nice weeks early on. He's only had five catches for the last couple of weeks, which is a little bit concerning because, of course, Delvin Cook missed that game. Madison had a huge day out. But Justin Jefferson really looks to have settled into that number one receiver role now. And, Adam Thielen sort of worked his way down into that sort of matchup play at this stage, I would have thought. It's very, you'd be very frustrated because you would have drafted Thielen quite high still, I think. Uh, maybe around that fourth, fifth, sixth round um, if you're looking for a WR2. So, yeah, I'd be frustrated if I was a Thielen owner at the moment. He's been well under what, it, what he has been. But I, I, from memory, I think he did this last year where he had a patch of sort of three to four or five games where 
he was very, very quiet and then just took off. Like, I think he had a couple of 30-point games um, and just, just went bananas. But interesting to see, yeah, the Justin Jefferson effect has been huge and he's definitely the number one target at the moment. Um, and it's it's a little concerning. I don't think you're as concerned with Thielen as as a as you are with a Robertson or Odell. That's for sure yep. at the moment. So yeah, yeah, agreed there. And uh, watch this space anyway to see he could be one that ends up as a uh, potential buy low if he has another frustrating week this week. But let's roll through to the tight ends, Grace. And a guy you mentioned before, David Njoku had a huge game in that loss against the Chargers. He caught seven of seven targets, 149 yards, and a touchdown. A bit like CJ. For the Bengals last week, just these tight end performances came out of sort of nowhere. He was the top receiving option for the Browns, which is quite interesting. And we've seen him do this before. Like, go back two or three, maybe four years ago, he was actually a borderline starter in fantasy. I actually don't mind just sneakily picking him up this week and just just see how this Browns offense sort of goes in the next few weeks. Yeah, as you said, I think it's a, it's a good one, especially with Odell struggling. And, you know, the, the tight ends seem to be a, a lot more fantasy relevant. Um, this year than, than maybe, you know, the last few years, especially some of these guys like Njoku and, um, you know, your Mark Andrews and obviously Dawson Knox coming through. So, yeah, I'd be I'd be happily, if you need a replacement tight end for a week, definitely um, look at the matchup and uh, and and definitely start Njoku or, um, or stick him on your bench. And fingers crossed he puts a few games together and you can sell him high. So um, it's definitely a, not a bad idea. Yeah, good move. And if you ignored us the last few weeks and didn't pick up Knox or Schultz, he's probably your third guy just to see what happens with that situation. But a guy I know you're very excited to talk about, Grace, who finally had that breakout game we've been waiting for is Kyle Pitts of the Atlanta Falcons. 10 targets for nine catches, a touchdown and 119 yards. It really lined up for him there with Calvin Ridley, of course, missing the game. And this is the this is really the breakout that we've been waiting for. And I kind of feel like there's some sort of confidence coming out of this one that's going to sort of pushing forward to be that almost top five tight end that we almost expected on draft day. Yeah, absolutely. Especially, you know, where you drafted him as well as being a rookie. We obviously know how good he is and uh, definitely a breakout game. We stayed up late to watch this one. Fitzy obviously (laughs) being in London, so it was a bit earlier for us Aussies over here. And, uh, you know, it was very exciting to watch. You could definitely uh, point out uh, who Kyle Pitts was when they were lining up on the offensive line because he is an absolute Mm. monster. So... Um, he was, uh, yeah, in tune with uh, with Matt Ryan there, and um, and just looked 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 very confident, especially after he caught his touchdown. He just looked so much more confident um, yeah. after that. I think you know, just the relief of finally getting his first NFL touchdown, and um, you know, what an experience for him to do it over in London. And you know, um, they got the bye this week, and um, they'll come back and um, the following week, hopefully, you know, good rest. And um, I think Kelvin Ridley back in helps him even more. Just you know. Not all the uh, focus goes on him. Obviously, the Jets put no time or focus into him at all, but I don't know who you'd match up on him watching that game. The Jets just wouldn't have yeah. anyone to match up on him just with his size. And, he, you know, he's very agile for a big big man as well. So it's very exciting to see and um, and definitely good for fantasy owners. Yeah, it definitely reminds me when you used to line up on the AFL footy field. There, <laughs> Gracie, a bit of a disaster matchup for the defenders. But um, another guy we have spoken about already is Dawson Knox. I love what he's doing at the moment. He only had the three catches, but 117 yards and a touchdown, if you don't mind. Like, here we, he's just putting together this amazing season. He's found the end zone in every game except for week one. He's fast turned into Josh Allen's number one red zone target. Like, I think he's obviously a must start at this point. We did have him on the uh, waiver wire list, I reckon, week two or three when he had one of those first big games. You should have picked him up by now. And you are absolutely starting this guy with confidence moving forward 
Yeah, I, I agree. And, um, you know, that big play was unreal. Allen was sort of scrambling to find a target and Knox managed to, to get free from his, his defender. And um, obviously, yeah, it was a monster gain on, on that mm. one. And that, that was the touchdown. So, yeah, definitely starting him with co- absolute confidence. And, you know, some of these Bills' um, offensive, t- uh, I guess, other offensive options are, are definitely taking away from Stefan Diggs. So I'm not enjoying it all that much <laughs> myself being a Diggs owner because we know what Diggs did last year. So, um, but yeah, no, definitely um, exciting if you're a Bills fan with, you know, you've just got another offensive piece to, to add to this juggernaut, I suppose. Yeah, I love it. And like I keep saying, I just love watching the Bills play well. They're a team that definitely deserves it. And another team that deserves a grace is my Ravens. And Mark Andrews finally had a breakout game. And what a game it was, a career performance, a couple of touchdowns, a couple of two-point conversions, around 30 standard points in there. I think he just was a monster in that game and helped Lamar and the Ravens get over the Colts in that comeback game. But I reckon we almost said, was it last week? Oh, I'm hoping it was a week before we said to bench him because it wouldn't have been a great week to have him sitting on your bench because this will probably be his biggest game of the season and you didn't want to miss out on those sweet points yeah it's a huge game and it's funny Andrews he's done it he did it last year and probably I think he did it the year before he just has the knack of having these monster games and then next week he'll get two targets and catch one Mm. of them for 10 yards or something like that like it's it's frustrating to be an owner but if you start him on that week that he goes you know he goes bang it's it's unreal so um, and obviously you know being obviously yourself being a Ravens fan it would be very exciting to see and it's going to be interesting to see when uh, all the Ravens players are on the duds list, Fitzy. We might need some <laughs> tissues or something for you. No, so, that'll never happen. What are you talking about? <laughs> but uh, I'd probably think of a couple, actually. Lamar Murray, uh, Latavius Murray being another one. But uh, yeah. let's move into some duds here in the tight end category, Grace. And the first one who's become a mainstay the last few weeks, very frustrating as an owner for me, TJ Hawkinson. He only had a couple of catches for 22 yards. That's third week in a row now. I think he's darted it up. I think we give him one more chance. And then next week, it's to the waiver wire. Uh, like we were sort of saying, pick up a guy like Najoku and just be ready to sub him in if Hawk sort of struggles again. But he had two massive games to start the season off, and then he's just completely fallen off the radar. I feel like teams are working out that the Lions have only got one receiving threat, and it's TJ. Yeah, it's especially when you're looking at, I guess, drafting him. You know, I had the option of him or Kyle Pitts when I drafted, and obviously, you know, went the rookie. And look, the rookie hasn't lit the house on on fire, but the last few weeks from Hawkinson has been, been very, very poor if you're an owner, and... Yeah, I think, as you said, one more week and, and then maybe look to pick up, you know, I think in our league, Fitzy, I'm pretty sure Dalton Schultz is still available. So, you know, if you've got Hawkinson, not a bad idea to try and maybe trade him and just, just pick up Schultz for the rest of the year and, and start him or, you know, um, you know if Andrews is still there or someone like that. So definitely some guys there. You know, got Hunter Henry, who we'll talk about a bit later as well. So, yeah, definitely um, worrying signs for TJ Hawkinson. Yeah, no, very good point there. And another guy that you're probably looking to replace with a waiver wire pickup is Noah Fant. And we've sort of had him between a few different lists this season. It's been a very strange season, I must admit, for Noah Fant. He had only the three catches for 20 yards, and he's just one of these touchdown or bust tight ends. But the funny thing is that he had four targets, and his first target wasn't until the last quarter. Very, very strange, I think, for Noah Fant. I think there's still a lot of pieces and a lot of... like. Uh, talented receivers going around in Denver. He's almost a forgotten man. He was solid last year. He was sort of building up to something. I think this is his third season now, and he's just waiver wire material at this stage, I think. Yeah, I tend to tend to agree with you there, Fitzy. I've, I've got him in a PPR league and, um, you know, previous weeks because of the receptions he's had sort of boosted his score up a little bit, but I think I'll be looking to get rid of him in that league 
uh, to be honest. And um, and I think in a standard league, you'd be probably looking to get rid of him as well. Yeah, not much more to say about Noah Fant there. But one guy we've got to bring up is George Kittle, who's had a very up and down kind of season, but uh, generally been pretty ordinary this this year. But uh, he's on the IR now. He's uh, he's due back on the seventh of November. I don't know where to, what to do about George Kittle because he's almost a guy that you could possibly look to trade to someone maybe that has TJ Hawkinson that can sort of hold off and pick up a Dalton Schultz for a week or a few weeks, for example. But what do you do with George Kittle, Gracie? I'm assuming if you're owning him, you've probably picked up another tight end just given that he struggled this season. Do you reckon you try and move him on and just use the value of the fact that it's George Kittle and try and maybe get a receiver or running back and then just look at the waiver wire for a replacement? Yeah, well, if you if you were smart with Kittle, I'd say you, hopefully at the start of the year you picked up a, a, a Knox or someone like that because um, you'd be laughing. Then you, I would be trading Kittle hands down. I'd be looking to get a receiver or a running back to put in your flex and, and just ride the wave with, with Knox or a Schultz or, you know, if you're lucky enough to get Andrews. So there's definitely plenty of options still on the waiver wire that you can get tight end-wise, but I'd be trading George Kittle 100% right now. Yeah, I think I've got to agree with that. And uh, let's move into the DST streamers of the week. My favorite section here, Gracie, although they're all my favorite section, let's be honest. And the number one option I've got down this week is the Indianapolis Colts. They're only owned in 47% of ESPN leagues. And I would say they're the top streamer this week at home against Houston. They got it done for a half against Baltimore, but Baltimore flexed their muscles in that second half and came back. And now a couple other options here that are owned in less leagues. The Vikings only owned in 25% of leagues. Now, Sam Dunnell, of course, threw three interceptions last Last week, so I don't mind them as a start this week. And the Cincinnati Bengals, we've had them on the list once or twice here. They did let us down at the time, but they're playing the Detroit Lions this week. And the Lions have given up double-digit games to every DST they've played against, bar the Ravens in that strange game a few weeks ago. They're only owned in 19% of league. So I'm not going to go out there and say start these all with confidence, but uh, given the couple of DST weeks we've had, I think I'm feeling pretty good about these three. Oh yeah, unless you got the Bills defense, you're uh, you're probably just rotating week to week at this stage. Although I will say, Fitzy, I started the Patriots defense against Houston uh, last week, and um, and Houston got a hold of them a little bit. So, and we know the Patriots defense actually okay. So, be interesting to, as you said, it's, I think it's pure luck at the moment which defense you pick up, whether they go well. Um, we've had some that have been projected to score well and 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 don't score well. So. Yeah, unless you've got the Bills defense, it's it's a flip of the coin at the moment. But you still got to play the matchup and, and that as well. Yeah. So, um, you know, Bengals against the Lions um, look pretty good. Um, I'd be, you know, I'm pretty sure they're on our waiver wire. So I'm sure they'll get picked up. And um, even the Bears, the Bears are the number two defense uh, fantasy-wise at the moment. Fitzy, they've had a couple of big weeks as well. But um, I don't think their matchup's all that great this week, unfortunately. So, um, but yeah, definitely keep an eye on those matchups and um or if you're game enough to trade for the bills defense i don't think anyone would trade the bills defense right now though so uh, they're all over it so i'm waiting for the week where i get all three recommendations right hopefully it's this week but to finalize things off here gracie before we get to your big call of course let's talk about some free agent pickups maybe waiver wire pickups depending on what your league settings are the two guys I'm going to mention off the top here, we've already talked about Kansas City running backs, Daryl Williams. I'll throw Jarek McKinnon in there and I'll explain why in just a sec, but Williams is owned currently in 12% of leagues. He's going to be a top pickup of the week. Of course, Edwards Hilaire is going onto that IR. Now, it's very strange because in Kansas City, we generally don't see 
running backs get a lot of usage on the ground. And I think that's what Darrell Williams' point of difference or his sort of strength is really going to be getting it done on the ground. Now, he has been in Kansas City for a while, so he does know the system. But we do know Jarek McKinnon is a decent pass catcher. Um, so I'm... I'm almost thinking if you don't get Williams on, because he's going to go in your waivers, I don't mind throwing McKinnon on the bench just to see what happens. Because like I said, we know he can catch passes. He could easily get a few games of five or six catches, maybe a touchdown. If you're in a PPR league, I don't mind him just to sort of sit on the bench and just see how the situation plays out. Yeah, it's not, it's not a bad idea. It's kind of got a similarity to the 49ers running back situation that we've had at the start of the year as well. So I think Williams will be the main guy, but uh, but McKinnon, we know he, he's done it before. And, um, you know, wouldn't be surprised if it's a running back by committee even. But as I said earlier, you know, if the, if the Chiefs are down, they're going to be going mm. to the passing game and trying to find Kelsey to move the sticks and Hill for those long touchdown plays. So, um, you know, they got Josh Gordon there. So I think you might find that they might not go the running game as much um, until Edwards Hilaire is back. Um, so I think... You know, I'd, I'd still pick up a Williams for the moment, um, but I just don't know. Don't know if I want to start him this week. So mm. it's just a, a wait and see. If if you have to start him, I think you start him. But yeah, yeah. I'd, I'd be leaning on the side of caution at the moment. Yeah, watch this space, and I reckon Marlon Mack might have been in, like a, a connected to the Chiefs. I don't know if they'll make a move though. If um, Edward Talia is not going to be on that IR for for too long anyway, but see what happens there. And another guy we've already spoken about is Devonte Booker. He's owned in six percent of ESPN leagues. He's probably being claimed by now, but if not, he's a very handy fill-in. I feel like with Saquon Barkley out for who really knows what. He's avoided the IR, so fingers crossed it's only the two to three weeks. But Booker has had some good years. He was in Denver for a while. I think he's rookie campaign was fairly solid then he went to Oakland so look especially if you're a Barclay owner we know he's injury prone so you probably own him already but if you don't I'd be I'd be trying to pick up Booker at all costs just as a handcuff oh absolutely and as I said if Jones is out uh this week as well he's gonna get some monster usage I think on the ground so um yeah I'd, I'd be picking him up if he hasn't already been picked up um and I'd be comfortable starting him probably at a flex option um similar like an alex collins last week and even a um chubba hubbard when mccaffrey's out you sort of look at that flex rb2 spot for these guys um and just see how they go yeah and another guy here another rookie khalil herbert only eight percent of espn leagues of course we saw damian williams get the start with montgomery out but I reckon I saw you sneak him into the spreadsheet here, and I think he could be onto something. I think he's worth adding because he's a rookie. The Bears are going to want to see what they've got in him. If the season's sort of getting away from them a little bit, you know, he could be an interesting interesting prospect if if Monty's does stay out for a little while. They're going to want to see what they've got with her, but he was very solid on the weekend. I think he had 17 touches or thereabouts. So I reckon if he's a free agent, I'm not spending a wave of wire pick on him, but I reckon a, a free agent stash could be worth just throwing him in there and sort of see what happens. Yeah, it's got the feeling of a of a Brown sort of running back duo here between uh, Williams and and Herbert. I'd I'd be picking him up as you said. I'd agree with a free agent uh, pick. I wouldn't be using a waiver wire spot, but uh, yeah, he had the eighteen carries for seventy five yards. So you know, eighteen carries is the you know you're meant to be the backup to to Williams is pretty good. And you know, if he puts in that sort of display, like why wouldn't they keep giving him the ball if if he can do that? So. Um, you know, if he had added a touchdown into that, we would have probably had him on the studs list almost yeah. for the week. So um, I'd be I'd be picking him up for sure because you know um, Montgomery's out for quite some time, so we'll, uh, he's going to get the opportunity. And who knows? It could be that shifting of the guard, Fitzy, where the rookie comes in and 
takes all the snaps and and the star guy comes back and struggles so yeah. um it happens you know more often than not in the nfl as we know it's a it's a tough business to be in so i'd be uh i'm i'm you know if he's still on your free agent uh list at the moment i'd be picking him up yeah, great words there. I, I couldn't agree more. And who knows what will happen with that situation, especially with a new quarterback coming in and definitely some roster changes in the offseason. Watch this space, but worth an ad. But a couple of guys who probably were a bit unlucky not to make the stud list as wide receivers. Gracie, two breakout games. Kadarius Tony had that huge, very interesting game with the Giants, 180-odd odd yards, touchdown. He got injured and he got ejected. So that was a massive game. Now, Darius Slayton and Sterling Shepard are still to come back in. But we know what rookie wide receivers can do in New York, and we're not comparing him to Odell, but I don't know, man. I think he could be worth adding on. I know Daniel Jones is going to miss some time, but I don't know. There's just that sort of flavor of the the, the Giants rookie receiver that sort of appeals a lot to me. Oh yeah, I I, I agree. I'd be uh, if you need a you know a second or third option, just especially during the buy rounds for uh, for a wide receiver. I'm I'm definitely going all in on Tony. Callaway, um, I'd be riding his wave until Michael Thomas is back, um, especially with Winston. He's going to throw in the ball um, and throw it long. So, um, but yeah, out of the two, I'd be leaning towards Tony at the moment. Yeah, and Callaway's breakout performance was almost overshadowed by Tony's massive game. And again, like getting ejected and injured and whatever else. But a couple of guys that are worth probably stashing on the bench. And finally here, another bloke we've mentioned already, Hunter Henry. He seems to be the tight end to own in New England. And I think he's worth putting on the bench if you're a fan to a Hawkinson owner. Definitely if you're a George Kittle owner, you need to put him on your bench. But he seems to have outplayed Jonu Smith. He's found the end zone the last couple of weeks. So I think Hunter Henry looking like a nice solid play. Maybe a baseline of, say, six to eight fantasy standard points, uh, which, you know, if he adds a touchdown in there, he's all of a sudden having a decent game, but definitely the number one tight end option this week. Yeah, especially if you're, you know, with the QB being a rookie in, in Mac Jones, he's always going to look for his big man in the end zone. So especially um, him or John but I think um, Hunter Henry might have just slipped ahead of him at the moment. And I'd be uh, more than happy to start him uh, probably on a matchup basis. More than anything, I wouldn't be just starting him every week, but um, definitely to cover a buy or, you know, if they have a good matchup uh, on a defense, then definitely um, start Hunter Henry. Very wise words there, Gracie. So that wraps up the free agent pickups of the week. And before we close off the show, we have to get your bold call of the week. Very interested to see what it is this time around. <laughs> no, I'm going to go. I'm going to um, hopefully not put the moz on him, but hopefully put the, the positive moz on him. Is uh, Miles Sanders fits here? I'm, I'm going to expect a big one out of him. I'm going to say they they give him about probably 15 attempts. He goes for I don't know 60 yards, maybe a touchdown, um, and catches a receiving touchdown as well. So okay. um, big, he'll be on our studs list next week. So with that in mind, are you going to start him this week in fantasy? Uh, probably in my flex, I am because I need to okay. <laughs> at this stage. Yeah. No, fair enough. It sounds like a plea from a disappointed fantasy owner, but no, I don't mind that. We know what Miles Sanders is an incredibly talented, talented running back. He's almost wasted not giving the ball to. So we'll see if they can figure it out because the Eagles need to make a few changes on offense, especially if got it out as well. So watch this space. But thank you once again, Grace. It's been a very fascinating episode. Definitely as things now start to unravel in the NFL season, it's going to be very fascinating to see if Arizona can stay undefeated next week. But of course, we'll be back, back to break down all the action. But if you want to get your sort of 
sport fix in the meantime, Gracie, talking hoops. We did an Eastern Conference breakdown during the week, and that's up on the uh, Facebook page at the moment. Did you tune into that one? It was a little bit of fun. And uh, tell you what, I'm being an Eastern Conference fan, I know you're a Lakers man, but it's so good to see the Eastern Conference sort of bouncing back. Yeah, no, I, I have caught. I haven't watched the whole uh, thing yet. I uh, watched a bit last night. So, um, uh, Trath has to wear a dress. I, I will say that on our podcast. So, just get yep. the, the spread out there to everyone that uh, they got a comment that he's got to wear a dress. But, no, I'm uh, I'm probably going to be with Trath on this. I think the Bucks are, are the team in the East at the moment. I'm, I'm kind of hoping the Nets, uh, the Nets fail, um, yep. to be honest. Especially, uh, yep. you know, obviously with Kyrie and stuff. But... Now, if, uh, if you haven't tuned in, it is a good watch with you, boys. Yeah, it's a bit of fun, actually. And, of course, the NBL season's not far away, so we'll be previewing that. But before we do that, we'll get into the Western Conference so you can get all sorts of excited. But stay tuned. Of course, we'll be back next week, Fantasy Football Fanatics. Make sure you share this around with your friends, Grace. We are on Twitter as well. We've got a little bit of a following over on Twitter. So if you're a tweeter, jump on board, give us a follow. Any fantasy questions, we're usually around most of the weekend. But thanks again, Madman Matt Grace, and we'll see you next week. Thank you and catch you later. This has been another presentation from the Grey Wolf Entertainment Network. GreyWolfEntertainment.net.